Sony. Hello, Canada. Today's date is August 7th, 2022. Welcome to a full edition of Canadian Common Sense, Canada's Issues in Under an Hour. It is Tony in Saskatchewan. And Lewis out here in BC. How are you, my man? Oh, not bad. Not bad. The weather has cooled off a little bit here, but it's about to get hot again. And, uh, but you know, it's, uh, it's been a good, uh, it's been a good summer so far. I think, I mean, we've had hardly any fires. Um, it's a little bit of smoke. I can see from, there's a fire not too far away from here right now, but, um, but we've managed to avoid the kind of fire seasons we've had in the past. So that's good. Oh, excellent. Oh, good to hear. And, uh, yeah, it's been a good summer now, Canada. Just so you, in case my voice does sound a little bit off, I've been a little under the weather this week. I actually wanted to publish a rant a few days ago, but I thought, well, my voice wasn't quite that, that strong for it. And uh, the reason I want to bring that up is not just because my voice is a little off, but I thought, you know what, just so I can be a good citizen, I went to the gym on Wednesday, I believe it was, and I put on a mask. I thought, well, hey, just because I feel a little off and I know that if a person even dares to sniffle in public, everybody assumes you've got COVID. So I thought, well, I'll put on the mask just to, uh, just to be, be kind. And boy, was I a pariah. I had got, I got so many looks from people that, um, yeah, I felt so out of place. And I thought, geez, here I am just trying to, trying to be a nice guy and wear a mask out to the grocery store. No problem, but Holy crap. Wearing to the gym, and I'm not the only one that wears one in the gym, but just to uh, wear them to the gym that one day was like, wow, I never realized how much attention that brought to a guy. Well, how dare you? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you're being a good citizen, comrade. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Funny when you go to a place where, like a gym, where you're there to, you know, maintain your health or get healthy. That uh, that would be the one place you think, hey, I'm going to try and be healthy and protect others' health, and that's when you get the funny looks. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. All well, right, Canada. We've got a great show for you today. On the show today, Jagmeet Singh is still a moron. The plastic ban returns. A handgun ban is now in effect. Are we really in a recession? And more. Where do you want to start, sir? Well, I think everybody would love to hear how what kind of a moron Jagmeet Singh is. You know what? You're absolutely right because, well, he proves it over and over and over again. And I, I guess I should say I love him for it because it does give us material. So uh, this is what I was going to rant about earlier this week. And he uh, came out and made an announcement that the federal government needs to spend more on health care. And that was pretty much all he said. So then I, of course, I got mad. And then I decided to look it up and see, well, how much does the Fed actually spend on health care? Now, I got a number. Now, I don't know if that includes provincial spending. I'm going to assume it does because it just said the Canadian government spent $308 billion on healthcare in 2021. And the healthcare spending is currently at 12.7% of GDP and it goes up 
by the formula that they had agreed to by 4% of GDP every year. So we're spending a crap ton of money on healthcare already. And I think he would have been much better off talking about outcomes because when I brought up the spending idea to you before the show, whew, we opened up a poop storm. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, you could, and, and like I said to you, right? Like, I mean, that works out to something like $8,500 or somewhere between $8,500 and $9,000 per person, like in Canada. So for every man, woman, and child. And um, it's, uh, I mean, that's a lot of money because not everybody uses the healthcare system every year, right? It's, it's uh, a minority of people that actually use the healthcare system every year. And, uh, and I mean, it's, it is a lot of money. I mean, we're already spending a lot of money. I mean, we, we spend more money per person than a lot of countries. And I think most countries, I think we we have, we spend the most per, per individual. Uh, so we already spend a lot of money and what good is spending all that money if you don't have people to work in the healthcare system? I mean, they fired a whole bunch of people for not being vaccinated and, and uh, they've, they've yet to rehire those people. And because of that, many of the uh, healthcare uh, systems in, in this country are under immense stress, uh, you know, on the verge of collapsing and, uh, and, and, and healthcare workers that are looking to start different careers because their stress level and, and everything is way too high. Yeah. Well, <clears throat> excuse me. And good that you brought that up because you'd pointed out a study where, or a poll that said 50% of nurses are actually looking to leave the profession altogether. And I can't say as I blame them. I mean, they're, they're overworked and they've really become, you know, junior administrators because every time a nurse walks into the room, they've got to document what they've done. If they actually do any treatments, they've got to document those. And they spend a lot of their time reporting, writing paperwork, taking notes, and not enough time actually being nurses. Yeah, well, I mean, the 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 poll showed that, I believe it was 51%. 51% of all registered nurses in Canada are considering a, a career change. Uh, and so spending more money on healthcare isn't going to change anything if the people aren't there. And I mean, you could, you could pay, you could, you could, you could increase the spending on healthcare by tenfold and it won't make any difference because it doesn't matter how much money you get paid. If people are, miserable if people are on the verge of a breakdown if people are stressed to the max um it doesn't matter how much money you offer them they're not going to stay it's not going to change the situation i mean if you're understaffed now you're still going to be understaffed when you increase the funding i mean because the problem is is that there's no i mean like okay i've got family members that are part of the healthcare system here in BC and the BC healthcare system. And this is the same across the country is so top heavy in 
management that the money that gets funded uh, or that, that that is earmarked for for uh, healthcare funding, a huge portion of that goes to upper management. It doesn't go to uh, like it doesn't even make it to the patient. And and so the the top heaviness of the healthcare system in this country is is actually unbelievably unacceptable. Yeah, you're right. And actually, uh, secondstreet.org did a, uh, a study on that. And it turns out that Switzerland, like of all developed countries, Switzerland spends just slightly more on healthcare than Canada. But when you measure the outcomes, Switzerland's right near the top. Canada is right at the bottom. And it's that's one of the biggest things. It's our, the money is just so wasted that you're right, we could triple, tenfold the amount of funding, but it's just, it gets eaten up in administration, and I don't blame people for wanting to leave, and we've got foreign doctors who come here who can't get accredited, and I mean, and that's not just doctors, that's so many other professionals, I mean, it's bureaucracy that gets in the way, and the Canadian government, I mean, we've railed about this for years, is just a bureaucratic nightmare yeah and i mean we had doctor and nurse shortages lab tech shortages um we've had all these shortages of healthcare workers for god as long as i can remember i mean 30 years and it's only getting worse and yet the funding keeps increasing so i mean increasing funding isn't going to make this any different unless the money allocation is improved and the working conditions are improved and the the being able to get people interested in that field of work improves i mean because it's just not it's not a good industry to be in right now and uh and i mean i mean just look at how hard it is to get a family doctor and i mean it's been hard for 15 20 25 years it's been hard to get a doctor but right now it's actually quite impossible to get a doctor like well, i believe it's five million canadians don't have a family doctor yeah and i'd be surprised if it wasn't higher than that um there might be 5 million people right right in my in my town of 12,000 that don't have a doctor. <laughs> I mean, we don't even have a walk-in clinic anymore. Wow. And I mean it's it's unbelievable. I mean, if you want to see a doctor, you have to go to the emergency room. Crazy. And the and the emergency room is not a doctor's office. It's not supposed to be used as a doctor's office. It's not supposed, it's not there for people who are suffering from the flu or from a cold or from, you know, oh, I've, you know, I've got a bad sprain in my ankle. That's not what it's for. It's for emergencies. And, but you can't get in to see your family doctor. If you have a family doctor, you can't get in to see them for three or four weeks. And if that's a good situation, I know someone whose doctor can't see them for five or six weeks. Wow. Um, 
And, uh, and and then we don't even have a walk-in clinic, which is what the walk-in clinic is supposed to be for, you know, suffer, someone who's got the flu or someone who's, you know, got, you know, food poisoning or, or, or having, uh, you know, a sprained ankle or, or something like that. That's what the walk-in clinic is supposed to be used for, right? And we yeah, don't even have emergency. one. And we don't even have one crazy and i know they've said too for years that our medical schools aren't turning out enough new doctors to meet the, even just the uh, the attrition rates and we've still done nothing to address that end of the, the equation so well, we won't yeah. credit new doctors from from overseas and then we won't train more doctors lo- locally so i don't know what the hell's the matter with these guys well and and not to mention the fact that even if we are turning out enough doctors those doctors are not uh coming to smaller communities true yeah like they don't want to and i mean there's there's a there's a town uh not too far away from where i live called princeton and i know a few years ago princeton was offering a free house if the doc if a doctor would come to their town wow yeah and they still couldn't get one Jeez. They were offering a free house and they couldn't get a doctor. Well, that's sad. Yeah, it's and Princeton's a beautiful little town. It's it's not like it's some hellhole somewhere. It's it's a beautiful little town and nobody they couldn't even give a, get a doctor offering a free house. Um Jeez. I mean, this is the, the healthcare system in Canada is collapsing. Don't kid yourself. It is collapsing right now. And we are in a really, really bad place. And this is why I don't understand why people want the government to take over dental care. I mean, look what's happened to our healthcare system. You can't, you, you, if you want a hip replacement or a knee replacement, you're waiting 18, 18 months or more depending on which province you're in. I mean, if you want, there's, there's so many procedures that, that you have to wait months for, if not over a year. I mean, if you want just your tonsils out, it's a three month wait or more. If you, if you need, you know, it, it's our healthcare system is broken. It's absolutely broken. And, but people are so terrified that if we change the system, we're going to end up with the American healthcare system. And the thing is, is that it's not, it's not, it's not one or the other. It's not, you either have a hundred percent for-profit healthcare or a hundred percent, you know, Government-funded healthcare. I mean, first of all, we don't have 100% government-funded healthcare in this country. People think we do, but we don't. If you're going through cancer, you have to pay for those drugs yourself or your drug plan through your employer covers it. Um, but it's like there is such thing as a hybrid system between them that is used in many, many other countries and to, a, to great success, too. God forbid we want to fix our system. 
Well, that's just it. And I mean, I'll continue to remind Canada that we are peers with Cuba and North Korea in being systems that are completely 100% government owned and operated. There are healthcare systems in Europe that have outcomes way better than ours. For example, in Germany, where there actually is no wait list if you want to get that, that joint replacement, they use a hybrid system where the private sector provides services under a government-funded model. And this is something that you and I on the political end have been railing about for well over 20 years and continue to get called out because, yep, they always bring in the big, scary American word. And it makes people cower in fear and say, okay, well, we'll just, we'll just keep putting more money into this uh, inefficient, bloated system. It's like, I use the analogy and that our healthcare system is like a patient who's bleeding on an operating table. And rather than sewing them up, we just keep pumping more blood into them. And it's, it's ridiculous because that money is just going down the drain. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's exactly what it's like. It's it's like it's like a patient who's bleeding out, and all you do is keep giving blood transfusions, and you don't you don't stitch up the wound. It's yeah. I mean, the the problem really is is that like our our healthcare system is on the verge of collapse, and it's uh, it's not going to get any better. I I don't think anybody's actually got the cojones to to fix the system until it does collapse. That's what bothers me. You're, that, and that's exactly what it is, is politicians don't want to touch it because they figure it's going to be a political suicide. And it could, it could be. But, yeah, and, I mean, how difficult is it going to be for someone to get reelected when the system completely collapses and they did nothing to, to, to fix it? Yeah. No, we've, but, we, but we're, we've got nothing but... You know, our, our current leadership in many provinces and federally is, are just a bunch of cowards. Yep, absolutely right they are. So, all right. So, well, actually, speaking of the cowards, um, Justin Trudeau and friends re-announced the plastics ban coming up uh, on the at the end of this last parliamentary se- season. I think it was June 30th. They made they re-announced uh, a ban on single-use plastics. Now, just as a refresher and reminder, Canada, the single-use plastics ban is going to affect single-use cutlery, straws, stir sticks, those polystyrene food containers, six-pack rings, and grocery bags. Now, companies cannot manufacture nor import these products once, I don't remember the date that the ban is supposed to take place, but I mean, it just these, these were like blaring out to me there's one industry in particular that the government encouraged us to use said go get takeout while we shut everybody down who uses well a lot of these things that's the restaurant industry yeah and i mean and i i gotta be honest i am not opposed to banning a lot of these single-use plastics single-use plastics are absolutely horrible for the environment in many ways um but we need to have a viable alternative i mean paper straws are not it i mean those paper straws they break down in the drink before you can even finish your drink um 
I mean, it's just, I mean, because what, what happens here is what, what do you replace the plastic with? You replace it with a paper product or a wood product in, in term in the utensil part of it, right? Like the utensils, you replace it with a wood product. Um, but what you end up with is, uh, well, cutting down a whole lot more trees to make these paper and wood products. And, uh, and that's something that the environmentalists are against as well. So, yeah. Well, here, here's a big problem I have with it is that Canada, I mean, it's yet one more example of virtue signaling because Canada is not the big polluter of the oceans with plastic products. No. And <laughs> as much as Justin Trudeau wants, Canada wants all Canadians to believe that our country is inherently evil. We're not actually the problem. But of course, Justin Trudeau has the answers for everything. And Canada is going to lead the way, even though we're not the problem. Yeah. And that's the thing, right? Is that this is virtue signaling because Canada does not have like, okay, so the major, the overwhelming vast majority of the pollution in the ocean, like all these plastics that, you know, that. I remember when that that photo of that turtle with the plastic straw up its nose uh, instigated people like businesses and restaurants switching to paper straws. Um, the the plastics in the ocean are primarily caused by five river systems in the world, none of which are from North America. Nor from Western Europe, for that matter. No, they're from, I believe, one one river is from South America. The other four are from Asia. Correct. And Africa, I believe. Um, and, uh, and, and that's because over there, and you can find the videos online, their garbage trucks, like their waste collection trucks, just back right up to the river and dump it straight in and then that river carries all that garbage right out to the ocean and that's where all that plastic and garbage that's floating out there is coming from it's not coming from canada it's not coming from the u.s it's not coming from germany or italy or or spain or france or sweden or any of these places yeah, it's 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 ridiculous. I mean, and I, I mean, I'm not opposed to the to to the single use plastics ban either. I'm I'm like you. I think we don't have any alternatives at this point, and I'm okay with getting alternatives. But honestly, if they make some of these products out of recyclable plastics, and we the people actually took care of our recycling properly, and Here's where I'll, I'll lecture everybody. If we rinsed our plastic containers before putting them in the recycle bin and, you know, sorted everything accordingly, it would make for a much cleaner, more efficient system. Because right now, a lot of the recycles we throw into our bins end up getting contaminated because people just throw their empty dog food tin in there without rinsing it out. And then, unfortunately, you get certain insects in there who will start eating that and you spoiled everything that, that touched that dog food container. So it's, it's partly on us. It's mostly on governments to 
put the right rules in place rather than just say, we're going to ban this. They need to say, let's work with industries to improve this. But no, no, they just want the heavy hand of government to come down. Government is going to fix everything. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I mean, you've you've got it right about the plastic, like about the recycling, because I don't know if people know this, but it's it's right around 20% of everything you put in recycling that actually gets recycled. Yeah, I think that's that's that's, that's pretty accurate. It's only about 20%. 80% of everything that goes into recycling gets thrown into a landfill because uh because of contamination, because of uh uh for a multitude of reasons, but a lot of it is is that people don't clean the clean their uh, plastics like they don't wash them before putting them in yeah and then and there's a small percentage of that is that they just can't resell the product because like yeah. for example cardboard we flooded the market with cardboard and so then now suddenly there's bales of recycled cardboard that they just can't sell and it can only sit out in the weather for so long right so yeah no, but it's, 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 I mean, that's the thing, right? Like people don't realize it. I mean, you can put everything you want in recycling, but right now only about 20% of it actually gets recycled. So um, we need to improve that. We need to improve that dramatically. Yeah. Really good point. Yeah. So, uh, all right, let's talk about a different kind of ban. Now, we had posted a screenshot of this on our on our Facebook page, and well, Lewis, I knew you'd have an opinion or two about. Well, let's just call it what it is. It's a handgun ban, and Melanie Jolie and Marco serial liar Mendicino have decided it's happening, and it's happening now. Yeah, and because here here's the thing, they when they announced this bill that they had put forward to that was going to to uh bring in the handgun freeze which is not which is going to prevent people from buying or selling handguns anywhere in the country uh and it's all part of a bill that's that's going to be debated in october and in all likelihood the debate will be uh cut short by the government and uh, they'll force they'll force uh, a vote on it rather than allowing the debate to continue uh, because that's what this government likes to do. Yep. And, um, and and so in October, I mean, most likely in October, there will be a vote on this bill that will pass because the liberals and NDP and the and the bloc uh, all all just want to get rid of guns altogether. And, uh, but Canadian firearm owners, uh, and, and I'm speaking about the legal licensed, trained and RCMP vetted firearms owners, because that's the only way that you can get a restricted, uh, handgun in this country legally is by being licensed and trained and RCMP vetted, uh, just went oh holy crap this is coming down in the fall we all better go get our we are better all go buy our handguns and so there were 90,000 or more i believe it was 90 to 100,000 handguns sold in canada 
since that uh since that bill was announced nice and the government like trudeau mendicino um they 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 went oh oh my god look what we did we we uh we're like the best handgun salespeople in the country and uh they said we can't have that so they announced an ordering council to uh just ban the importation of handguns altogether and it's a temporary ban because that temporary ban will expire as soon as the bill is passed in the fall yeah you're right now it's important to point out that it's an import ban because how many handgun manufacturers do we have in canada i think it's one and and it's some obscure one i i don't even know if it, i don't even think it's like a an actual manufacturer i think they're like a um a company that that like modifies them or something i'm not sure i i to be quite honest yeah well i had read that we that we don't actually have any handgun manufacturers here so you're right there might be some specialty niche market uh markets out there but yep we we get our handguns well we get them from the u.s mainly i mean there are some british handguns as well but yep because we can't actually make them here they've just said oh well we'll put an import ban on so now They've effectively made a handgun ban without bringing in an actual handgun ban. Now, um, there yeah, was another order in council we, back in 2020, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, I would just just to clarify, our handguns come from the U.S. They come from uh, the uh, Britain. They come from the Czech Republic. Uh, they come from Hungary uh like european europe actually may, has a lot of firearms manufacturers and some of the best guns in the world come from the czech republic and hungary uh, yeah now we can't access any of them because there's an import ban exactly yeah and it and it's just it's ridiculous i mean because we've we've talked about this on the show before how if you have a restricted pal an r pal which you and i both have our names are run through the rcmp database every 24 hours we are the most vetted people in the country that's correct if you have an r pal you are the most vetted person in canada we are, we receive RCMP, vet, uh, you know, we're RCMP vetted every 24 hours in this country. And yet we're the ones who are at fault for the gun violence in this country. We're the ones who get punished. We're the ones who get vilified. And you want to talk about divide and conquer. This is divide and conquer. The, the, the government is, is, propagating total bullshit to the 80% of the country that doesn't understand firearms. Yeah, no, you're right. I mean, they're, they've done the calculus. They said 
two million firearms owners, well, you're expendable politically. And and most of you people are in rural Canada anyway, you bunch of rednecks. And and we're already yeah. conservative voters anyway. Well, and, you know, likely, yes, but they mean they've obviously miscalculated that too because as, as you've pointed out before, there's some very large rural ridings across Ontario and BC in particular that are NDP ridings that are you know, very rural and have a lot of firearms owners. So yeah, well, I mean, and we saw that back in the nineties um, when uh, when Jean Chrétien brought in the long gun registry, and there were right. NDP there were NDP MPs that voted against it because they were representing rural ridings that were that were totally against it. Yeah, that's true. So. uh it's a poor calculus on the government's part. I mean, I, I, I get it. The, the cynical part of me gets it because they want votes in Toronto. Toronto's having a problem with, with handgun shootings right now. And no matter how many former firearms officers and no matter how many times Mayor John Tory himself says that these are illegal handguns that have been smuggled in from the United States, the feds don't care. They just see this as an opportunity to push their agenda again and now they're going to ban handguns it's just it's just it just well, makes me Can- angry the canadian uh, council of of uh, police chiefs have also come out and said this handgun ban will do absolutely nothing because it's not the legal licensed firearms owners that are doing it oh they well- they They've actually said that the police chiefs, the council of police chiefs have also have already said this, but they, but Trudeau and Mendicino are ignoring them just like they ignore everybody that says something counter to what their doctrine says. I mean, they, they just, they don't care. They don't care about us. They only care about getting reelected. And that's why, you know, you, you were hearing about, we're hearing about, uh, uh, an election this fall is because Trudeau knows his his chances of getting reelected go down with every passing month, and so he's got to go for that fourth reelection or that fourth election win that no other prime minister has ever achieved in this country, so that he can go down as you know the most elected prime minister in history, and he's. And, and because it's not about us, it's not about Canadians, it's not about uh, our quality of life. It's only about him. It's only about getting reelected. It's only about his legacy, and it's only about doing something that no other prime minister has ever done before, including his own dad. Because he's got to get out from under his dad's shadow somehow, and the only way to do that is to do something that his dad has never done, and that's get elected four times as the prime minister. And so there is nothing that this government has ever done for this country that has not been in their own self-interest. This government is, is an absolute... Oh, I, I, don't, I can't even say what I want to say because it's, this is a family-friendly show. It's a farce, but let's put it that way. Yeah, that's that's the most polite way of putting it. <laughs> well, good. Well, I'm gl- glad to 
glad to hear your thoughts on that. So um, we got one more thing to talk about today, and I think we'll probably be able to wrap the show up on that because, uh, well, this should make you feel better because yet again, you were right. And I know that you don't always want to be right because oftentimes you're right about things that are, are bad for the country. And well, this is one of those things. You had said that, hey, you know what, as a business owner, I can see that this country is is heading for a recession, or maybe we're already in one. Well, Bloomberg News actually reported that, well, they believe you. Uh, Bloomberg has reported in the last two months, Canada has lost 53,000 jobs, and they used the R word. They said, we are heading right into a recession. But you don't entirely agree, do you? No, I think we're already there. I think we're already in a recession. Um, I, as a business owner, I can I can tell you I've seen people's spending habits have changed. Um, I am someone that pays very close attention to um, used vehicle prices because you know I'm in the market for some used vehicles and and I've been paying very close attention to it. Used car prices are coming down. Uh, the housing market, the prices are coming down. I mean, it's like, I've seen houses that are sitting on the market now for, for a couple of months when just a few months ago, they would have sold in a matter of days and they've been on the market for a couple of months now. And they're now holding open houses again. There's the number of listings that I've seen that, that say reduced price or huge price reduction or uh, things like that is, is there's just, there's so many of them now. And I mean, the houses aren't selling, uh, used cars are, aren't selling. I have a friend who actually that's, that's his business is used cars. And he said like, he's, it's uh, used car sales are way down and he's having a really tough time selling any used cars right now. Um, everything everything is showing that these that 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 because those are the industries that you first see spending reductions in the big ticket items uh when there's a recession so i i firmly believe that we're already there well you you make a good case for it yeah i mean i I think and all of us can look around our our local communities and see the uh number four sale signs and that was actually something i pointed out to my wife too it's like hey these places that we're seeing now are actually staying on the market like uh, like uh, you had said on previous shows that someone put a house up for sale and within a couple of days not only is it sold it's sold for x number of dollars over the list price and there were bidding wars and now yeah now you see houses sitting and it's like okay i haven't seen a single showing yet and uh yeah used cars are down my son actually just bought himself a uh, new to him used car and uh i was actually really impressed how the how how low the price was and it was at a dealership so yeah and, and i mean like there's there's other there's other things too i mean like the u.s is officially in a recession now even though joe biden has tried to change the definition of recession <laughs> um it's but but they are they've had two consecutive quarters of of uh of uh Negative of GDP, growth of negative growth, yeah, which is the official definition of a recession. Um, even though you know, like I said, 
Joe Biden has tried to change the definition of it. And and the and the mainstream media has been all too willing to help them change that definition, including Wikipedia. Wikipedia changed the definition of recession on their on their uh, on their site and then locked the page so you couldn't change anything. Nice. Um, so, I mean, everybody's doing their best to try and help poor Joe. Um you know, in the, in the polls and stuff, but it's not working, uh, because, you know, everybody who's old enough to vote is also old enough to remember when recession meant two straight quarters of negative growth. And, uh, and so that's, you know, that's a big one. If the U S is in recession, we're in recession like that because just because, you know, 80% of Canada's trade is with the U S. So if they're in recession, we're in recession. Yeah, like we're always right behind them. I mean, we can see this with the inflation rates too. I mean, their their inflation rate came out recently at nine percent, and in you know the next report we have, we'll be at nine percent. So you're absolutely right. I mean, uh, yeah, America's for- Canada catches the cold, right? So- yeah, and don't and don't forget that our our inflation rates are not calculated the same way. That's true. Uh, yeah. Right, like the U.S.'s inflation rate includes energy. Ours is ours doesn't. So. Um, if our inflation rate is a percentage point behind the U.S., it's because we don't include energy in our in our inflation rate. So uh, if we did, we'd likely be just as high or higher than the U.S.'s inflation rate. Yeah, that that's true. Yeah. So, yeah, that's interesting to see because, uh, you know, it is the big ticket items because when people don't have money, they lose their jobs. Yeah. I mean, they're not out there buying furniture. They're suddenly going to put off putting that new deck in the front of their house or that home renovation, they're going to keep their car for a couple more years until things get a little better. So uh, I think you're right when you, when you point out those, those certain indicators, because I think those are the canaries in the coal mine. If you see your local used car lot actually filling up now, whereas a year ago they, they couldn't keep inventory. Yeah. And I mean, there's uh, the thing is like, you're not going to see, the reduction in small ticket items like going out for dinner, uh, stuff like that, not for a little while. Uh, it's those big ticket items. And I can tell you because like my business deals in big ticket items and, um, and, and I've had a few customers, you know, cancel because the, uh, because they're, you know, they're worried and that's how starts is people being worried and canceling you know a home uh purchase or a renovation or uh or a car purchase or whatever right and that's that's the tipping point that's the start and so and those cancellations for me happened about a month ago so uh i think we're i think we're we're firmly there and yeah. and it's and it, and I hate to say it, but you know, I mean, it, it, honestly, if anything, it's going to help Canada. This recession, it's going to help Canada, and I say that because if there's an election this fall, Trudeau is going to have a harder time of being reelected if we're in a recession. Well, yeah, that's true, and. Well, and because his government is as clueless as, as they are, they're actually celebrating the, the recessions 
currently saying, oh, this means that the Bank of Canada might not have to increase interest rates as sharply in its, uh, its next reporting meeting, whenever that is. And I thought, you guys really don't get it at all. Like, um, no, because the problem is, is that the reason we're, 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 we're heading into a recession is because the, the central banks are forcing us into one with the higher interest rates. And that, like, that's, that's the whole point of the higher interest rates. It's to combat the inflation and the way to combat the inflation is to put us into recession. So that's what they're doing. They're purposefully putting us into recession to combat the inflation rate. Like the problem, but, but the biggest problem is, is that when you do that and the interest rate or the, uh, sorry, the, uh, the inflation rate stays high, even if you're in a recession, that's what you call stagflation. And that is the worst case scenario. And that's where we're headed because our, our inflation rate is high. So it's a, uh, yep. One more example, Canada, that the folks that are running this government are, well, they're on autopilot for one thing, but they're completely clueless. They 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 just don't understand economics. Now, uh, I there was an article I'd recently read, and it talked about the Liberal government and all their MPs, and it said there was only 10 of them actually had any education in economics, and it kind of broke down their there's certain skill sets and like said, yeah, even Christopher Freeland had was uh, a journalist and yes, she was a, a journalist in, in the markets, but she has no experience in economics nor any training. And it's like, yeah, well, we're kind of getting what we're paying for, aren't we? Yeah. It's kind of obvious. <laughs> yeah, I mean, exactly. I mean, and we got a, the prime minister who said claims in an election, I don't think about monetary policy. Well, duh obviously (laughs) yeah no i mean it's you gotta give trudeau credit i mean sometimes he does tell the truth and that was one of those times well yeah i mean so i i know that this probably brings us to the end of our topics today so there's one thing i want to do there was a about a month ago or so i made a music recommendation on the show for a band called shine down uh i just went to their concert this week and it was mind-blowing it was amazing it's the third time i've seen them in the last few years and uh i want to know from our from our from our listeners uh how many people took me up on that uh music recommendation and what you thought of it and uh so if you could you know, send us a voice message on uh, anchor.fm or send us an email or uh, or a Facebook post or whatever. Let me know. Let us know what you thought of that, because uh, I'm, I'm interested in hearing from you um, if you if you liked my music recommendation, because, uh, yeah, like I said, we were just, my family and I just went to that concert this past week and it was incredible. Excellent. Well, we look forward to hearing from you, Canada. Let us know if you did take Lewis up on that, and we will wrap it up there. So thank you very much for joining us. And until next week, it is Tony in Saskatchewan. And Lewis out here in BC. Good night. Good night, Canada.
Lewis and Tony.